looking at my... All right, well, good evening. I'm looking at my screen here. and We've got uh, quite a number of folks joining us. Want to welcome you uh, tonight to our second of three virtual open houses for this round of our uh, entry-level hiring here with Kirkland Fire Department. My name is Bill Newbold, Deputy Chief of Operations, and uh, appreciate your time being here tonight. Um, this uh, venue that we have this evening is all about you so that we can provide you the information on our hiring process. Um, we'll tell you a little bit more about that as the evening goes on. I do want to let you know that the session tonight is being recorded, and then um, we will uh, one of these three sessions, either from last night, tonight, or tomorrow, on the website. Uh, so if you can uh, check the box there, acknowledging that uh, this is being recorded, that would be great. Uh, I have a little more information to share with you, uh, but before I do so, I'm going to let our panelists introduce themselves. And so I see here Anna. Hello, thanks, Chief. Uh, I'm Anna Grimes, and I'm an assistant for Kirkland Fire, and I work with the Chiefs in administration, and I uh, run the hiring process. So if you've been part of it before, we've probably met or talked or emailed or phone call. Um, if we haven't met before, uh, welcome. Look forward to seeing you in the process. And um, for those that have been through it with us before as well, and you know, I see some familiar names. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being dedicated to Kirkland. And it is, uh, it's noticed. So um, thanks for that. And we're, I'm just basically going to go over tonight the details of the process, the dates, the instructions, and things like that. Um, but for now, I will hand it off to Captain Lim. Good evening. Uh, Captain Lim here. Been with Kirkland for 17, almost 18 years now. And uh, yeah, been part of the hiring process for a long time now. And it's a big passion of mine. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be talking about. Uh, the type or uh, the general type of person that Kirkland is looking to hire. Uh, and then I'll hand it off to, to Anderson. Hernandez. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, my name is John Hernandez and I've been in Kirkland for just over 15 years. Uh, I am a Lieutenant on B shift. I've been on the hiring uh, committee and process for the last six years. I've had the opportunity to sit on a lot of the speed round interviews uh, as well as the long panel interviews. So I'm going to talk briefly about uh, some real interview basics, uh, what we look for in a good answer in Kirkland, and then just a couple of tips on things to avoid that may trip you up uh, that will help you succeed. And I'll turn it over to Firefighter Patillo. Hi there, my name's Keelan Patillo. I'm in my sixth year uh, with Kirkland Fire. I'm a firefighter. Um, tonight, I'm going to be talking about what you can expect in your first year and what makes a successful probationary firefighter and how that relates to your interview answers. And I'll also be talking about uh, why I think uh, Kirkland Fire is the way to go. Back to you, Chief. All right. Thank you uh, to all the panelists here. As you can see, you've got a lot of years of experience with Kirkland Fire Department in front of you. And I'm anxious for you to get hired because I only have six months with the Kirkland Fire Department. So I'm I'm looking for some seniority. And so I need I need to get some people hired in. But um, all of that aside, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about our hiring. Uh, you might have heard that Kirkland is 
kind of on a little hiring spree. We have been for the last couple of years, and we see that uh, progressing uh, into the foreseeable future. It will taper off, but uh, we still have a ways to go. And one of the big drivers for us and the number of people that we're hiring, we're very fortunate that in 2020, we passed a ballot measure that we refer to as Prop 1, Proposition 1. And the community overwhelmingly supported that which provides us one component of that is to hire 20 new firefighters. Those are not replacement firefighters. Those are 22, or sorry, 20 additional positions um, to provide uh, increased service throughout the Kirkland community. So we're continuing to, uh, to fulfill that. That was presented to us. And then just as a number of the other agencies uh, throughout the Puget Sound, we too have been and will be experiencing uh, normal attrition. And uh, so that's one of the things that we're trying to, uh, to keep pace with as well. So uh, I'm not gonna spend much time um, uh, with other items other than to let the folks here share with you exactly what we're looking for. The one thing I do want to uh, remind you is that if you wish to tune in again tomorrow morning, you're more than welcome to. This is not a one and done. Uh, we'll be presenting the same information again tomorrow morning, but you can expect that the, uh, the questions might be different. And so it's an opportunity to learn even more. Uh, how we'll handle it is as we go through, um, listen to what each of the panelists is presenting. You can be typing questions into the chat room when we're completed with the elements that we wanna present, uh, Anna will read questions from the chat room and then we'll cycle through uh, with answering those appropriately. So uh, again, thank you so much for being here, taking your uh, Thursday evening to be a part of that and uh, turn it over to Anna. All right, thank you, Chief. And uh, not to correct you in front of everybody, but it'll be Saturday morning, not tomorrow morning. Um, we're all on Friday brain right now because it was a very long week. <laughs> uh, but it'll be Saturday morning. We'll start at 10 and go to 11. And that'll exactly. be the last live one that we do. And then next week we'll work with IT and we're actually gonna choose one of the recordings that had hopefully like the most questions or the most, um, most unique or highest amount of questions and get that posted to our website. So you can go back and review it at any point in time. Um, but I will get started, I'll pull up my notes here. Um, so I'm just gonna talk about the process as a whole, um, the logistics, where to be, when to be there, the dates on all of that. Um, some of you know, some of you who are brand new to the process, we start with 300 applicants. We invite 300 people to our process. Uh, we start with, we pull our list from PST, um, and it's the top 300 people on that list, regardless of score. So once you get an invite, nobody else has seen your score except for me. So everybody starts with a clean slate. Uh, yeah, so we start with 300 people over four days with the speed round. That's the first one coming up at the end of this month here. Um, and we try to give you as much information as we can up front. So there's not a lot of questions to ask. But if you go through everything, the FAQ, read the emails, the website, everything else, and you still have a question that's not answered there, feel free to email me or give me a phone call. Um, and, you know, the process itself is really long. It takes like basically three months from start to finish to get through all the, the core interviews, the three with the panels, and then of course, chief's interviews. And so take that in consideration. 
uh, the travel. Some people come from just out of town. Some people come from out of state. Um, and we appreciate the dedication. It's definitely noticed. And um, But take that in consideration when you decide to start participating in the process. The guidelines that I'm going to go over here apply to basically every step of the interview process. The only thing that changes is the amount of time you have to interview and the amount of time that you have to review the questions beforehand. Uh, here at Kirkland, we do give you the questions before you go back in for your interview so you can actually collect your thoughts, create some bullet points in your head that you want to touch on. Um, and we don't we don't want you to go in totally blind and caught off guard. Uh, we want you to give the best interview you can possible. So um, that's one of the varying aspects of each of the different steps of the process, but there's very few otherwise. So for those of you that are here, our list poll date was February 6th on Monday, as you all know, because you're here, you got uh, an interview invite and fantastic, good for you. You followed the first set of directions. Um, our list poll date, I wanna go over that because some people were confused and we're gonna revisit the wording on our website. So the list, the deadline testing date is the date that we pull the list, not the date that you can still submit scores because we're probably not gonna get those on those date. So if you're gonna do this next year for future reference, um, the deadline date that's posted on the PST site on our FIRE website, that's the date that we're gonna pull the list. You want your scores in before that date. Okay, moving on. So the speed round, as you saw in your FAQ and the invite, um, it's February 23rd, 24th, 27th, 28th. And then I also have listed on there the next round's date so you can reference back to that as well. The first panel interview, which is the second interview, is going to be mid-March, March 13, 14, 16, and 17. And then the second panel, third interview, is going to be end of March, March 27th through the 31st. We have all five of those weekdays blocked out for it. We don't know and don't anticipate needing all those days. All of that is dependent on how many people pass from one round to the next. And we don't have a cap or a limit or a goal for that many people. For however many people we're going to pass, we just pass who we want to, um, however many that may be. And we accommodate, we acclimate um, to make sure we can accommodate all those interviews. But those are the days we have set aside. Uh, Chief's interviews will be in April. Those, those are scheduled as needed. We don't know how many we're going to have or when. Uh, it's based off the Chief's uh, schedules. So as, as anybody could imagine, they're quite busy. So we fit them in where we can. And those you'll get a, call, a phone call for, you won't get an email. So it'll be um, a personal, somebody will reach out to you personally regarding those. Uh, another note about the days that we pick. We may or may not use all of those days. So don't count on a day being available for that next round of interviews and plan on that or ask for work off because we might drop it. We're most likely going to be dropping the days on either end. So either the beginning of the week or end of the week, probably not the days in the middle but I can't, um, I can't promise any of that. So don't count on those days um, unless, until you get that invite sent to you. Um, let's see. Oh, as of today, our city management and HR has agreed that we no longer require proof of vaccination prior to you coming into interview. So you don't need to bring your proof of vaccination anymore. Masking is optional, but encouraged if you'd like, because there's still a lot of cooties going around. It's more than welcome. Um, uh, the HR will still be doing like a health screening as you come in, just because we do have some higher rates of flu, RSV, and COVID in the area. So let's do a quick um, 
health screening when you come in for your interview, but that's the only thing that's going to be required, required. All interview rounds start at 8 a.m. Public um, Pacific Standard Time, and they're conducted during normal business hours. So we've had trouble in the past with Doodle Poll. We're using Calendly now, but we've had trouble with Doodle Poll coming over with a different time zone. And just know that if you get an invite or the link says that the interviews are going to be like 8 p.m. at night or way early in the morning, it's probably not right. So shoot me an email and let me know what you're seeing. Um, there's enough interview spots for everybody invited. We make sure that this is the case every time. So nobody's going to be the last one to show up on the link to find a spot. And there's, there's never going to not be a spot for you. Whatever is there, though, is what's available. So if there's only one spot left and it's not really convenient for you, I mean, tough cookies, that's what's available. That's what we have set aside. All these dates that we have scheduled, we schedule way in advance with our crews to be on the panels. Um, and we have people taking overtime coming from wherever they live all around the state to come and participate in the hiring process and serve on our panels. Or we have people off shift who are being backfilled. So this takes a lot of planning and we can't really, you know, add more days or more time just to accommodate folks that couldn't get in on a convenient day. Uh, and on that, that topic as well, just a reminder, we're inviting you to our process. We have things already preset. Um, we have regulations, we have procedures that we have to follow, we have things uh, in place to make keep things consistent and fair. And so when you agree to be a part of our process, you're agreeing to those conditions and those procedures, uh, including showing up in person, being on time, being respectful, all of those kinds of things. We're never going to expect something from you that we don't tell you up front, which is why we also hold these sessions. Um, so don't, don't think that we're trying to trick or catch anybody off guard. You'll know exactly what's expected of you throughout the whole process. We have quick turnaround times between all of the different interview sets. It's about a week and a half to two weeks. Uh, so if your status changes during the interview process, let me know. If you have to drop out or you know pull your name or anything else, let me know as soon as you can. And as tempting as it is, and probably one of the hardest parts of the process, is sitting and waiting to hear if you made it to the next interview. Please avoid emailing me asking if you made it to the next interview. I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna know exactly what day you should hear by if you made it. If you don't hear by that day, then you're gonna hear from HR letting you know, you know, thanks, but we're moving forward. Um, so just please keep emails to a minimum. If you think you can find the answer somewhere else, go and search for it, be proactive. If you can't find it, then by all means, reach out. If you don't move on to the next round, you can call our HR department and actually ask to come and review your notes, whatever the panel members have written for notes for your interview packet. Um, they submit those to HR. I get them back to HR as quickly as I can after each set of interviews. You can come in and review those at any time. You can even review them if you, if you did pass on. If you just want review, you want feedback, you want to know what you did well, you want to know if there's any things you can do better you can come back to our HR department and uh, review those notes. That's something that we offer that we think is really constructive. So um, by all means, take advantage of that. Uh, the ins and outs of showing up for your interview. The things that you need uh, when you arrive and you check in, bring a photo ID, a mask if you want to wear one. Um, it's not required, but again, welcomed. You're going to come to the south entrance of City Hall. It's the lower parking lot closest to the lake. Um, and there's a bunch of parking and stuff down there. There's still some people doing hybrid works. There's usually spots available. If not, there's tons of spots around the city hall block on the street. There's lots of parking in the area. Um, 
expect to have to park on the street truly and then walk a little bit not far maybe a couple blocks but get here early enough to find a good parking spot and get yourself comfortable city hall is open to the public so you can just enter right through the door we don't have a ring doorbell anymore we don't have any like um any managed entry so you can come on in there'll be somebody in the lobby down there from hr they'll do a little health screening with you ask you some questions and then they'll direct you into the waiting room which is where i'm going to be or my coworkers megan or jill or audrey will be and we will get you checked in we'll get your name we'll get you signed up um, and then from that point you can have a seat and review the questions whatever time you have left you can use go to the restroom get a drink of water um, collect yourself and then review the questions. The panel members will then come into the room and get your information from me and then they'll call you back and you'll have your interview. When you are done with your interview, uh, you'll probably go out a different door than you came in just so we can keep the flow of traffic going one way through City Hall. Um, so pay attention to the direction they give you as you're on your way out. And then again, plan ahead. There's no not a whole lot of wiggle room. I mean, we're going to be seeing 10 people per hour for the speed round it's it's kind of a revolving door we want to keep the flow going so get here on get here early um early is on time on time is late get here 15 20 minutes early give yourself time to find parking give yourself time to and when i say get here 15 20 minutes early i mean could be coming through city hall doors 15 to 20 minutes early not arrive to find parking because that might take you five ten minutes um another thing is i'm not going to be working at my desk through this basically this whole process if I'm not downstairs, I'm probably in a meeting or I'm not in office. Um, so if you don't see me face to face, I'm not going to get a phone call that says you're running late. I'm not going to get that message or that voicemail. And so if you have to call to say I'm running late or anything like that, call the main fire line that's listed online and Jill, who answers that line, can get to me um, or send me an email. But again, just plan ahead, give yourself a lot of grace and a lot of time. The last few reminders I have are considering contact with fire personnel and Kirkland fire employees. During this process, the second you get your invite, you're in the hiring process and we discourage and ask that you don't ask for station tours, ride alongs, you know, have coffee with a firefighter or anything like that. Don't reach out, don't make those connections. We want to keep this as unbiased and clean as possible. Um, and fair for everybody involved. And then be considerate of other candidates while participating in the process. Every once in a while, there's a big personality that comes into kind of our waiting area when everybody's waiting to go back into their interviews and everybody's reviewing questions. And somebody might come in and be really talkative or loud or try to interact with people who are very focused and you know really just want to collect their thoughts and sit there and study. And um, I just want to remind everybody to be considerate, read the room, uh, be considerate of the people in the room. I'm not saying you don't can't talk at all. Some people come in and they see friends from work or an academy they went to or people they met during other processes. That's totally fine. That's completely okay. You can chat in the corner, you know, just keep your voices low, just be respectful. Uh, this is about your experience with us and every other individual's experience with us. And while you are competing, it's not that kind of competition. And at the end of the day, everybody in that room, you could be going to academy with, you could be coworkers, they might be on your crew. So you wanna start off on a good foot with everybody. And that includes support staff, myself, Megan, Audrey, Jill, the chiefs, everybody at the city, 
is watching us. Everybody at the city, any city employee, even not in fire, they all see all these candidates come in for the firefighter interviews. It's a big deal here. And they're watching us. So be aware that everybody you interact with could be your coworker someday, could be somebody that you work on a project with. And anything unsavory does get back to us. So treat all the staff at the city with respect, like you plan on working with us someday. And outside of that, I can't think of any other notes to give currently. So I'm going to hand it back to Captain Lim. All right, I will uh, second that, that uh, you should be nice to Anna. We, uh, the firefighters like Anna, and if you're not nice to her, we, the panel will find out and it not bode well for you. So uh, yeah, be nice to anyone you interact with in this whole process. That's probably just a good rule to, to have uh, especially when you become a firefighter, that's that's a common rule. Uh, it's a common thing you should do as a firefighter anyways. Uh, all right, so, you know, like I said before, I'm really passionate about this whole process. Uh, if you're new to this process, uh, just know that this is a, a journey. You know, it does normally does not, uh, it does take some time for people to get hired. So uh, if you don't get hired this first round, don't be discouraged. Uh, this job is worth it. It is not like, uh, I don't think there's a lot of jobs like this out there. And it's really worth the work and the time you have to put in uh, to go for it. So uh, the job satisfaction, I think, is really high within our group, especially here in the city of Kirkland. And uh, so uh, keep at it. Um, so tonight, I'm going to talk primarily about uh, who Kirkland is, is looking to hire. Uh, this question is, is pretty hard to answer because uh, it's not actually one specific type of person we're trying to hire. Uh, here in Kirkland, we really value people from all different backgrounds and experiences, shapes and sizes. Uh, so if you look at uh, you know, a typical traditional job, employers are looking for people that have maybe certain experiences or certain skill sets, degrees, uh, what you can do for us skill-wise. Uh, it's different here uh, in the fire service and here specifically in Kirkland. Uh, we're looking for certain character qualities in people. Uh, we believe here in Kirkland that we can train you to be a good firefighter and a good EMT. Uh, while some aspects of the job can be complex, we don't think firefighting is rocket science. Uh, so even if you have your firefighter one or your EMT, you will still go to our academy and you'll still go to EMT school. Um, you do not have to have like a construction background. You don't have to have volunteer experience. And if you look at historically, the, the most recent hires we've had, most of them don't have any experience at all. Uh, it is not a negative to have no uh, EMT or firefighting experience. Um, every year we hire people from uh, you know similar backgrounds and we hire this one person, but we don't hire the other person. And why is that? Uh, that one person showed their care, uh, character traits in the interview. Uh, and so what character traits are we looking for? Uh, again, that's that's a hard, you know, I can't, I could talk about that all night, right? Uh, so I'm gonna just try to group it into three kind of basic words that will kind of hopefully get most of the kind of characteristics we're looking for. Uh, we're looking for people that are hungry, humble, and smart. Uh, so what does it mean to be hungry? Hungry is kind of an attitude. Uh, it, it is a go get them attitude. It's a work ethic attitude. Uh, they don't complain, they show up early, they stay late, uh, they're excited to contribute, they're not takers, uh, they're givers. Uh, 
they're constantly thinking of how they can pitch in, how they can uh, essentially work their tail off to uh, contribute to the group. Uh, what does it mean to be humble? Uh, you know, it means that you're able to take feedback, that you're a good teammate, that you're thinking of others before yourself. Uh, but really, it's another attitude type thing. Uh, humility is not like thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less is a good way to think about that. And someone that's humble makes a great teammate because they put others before themselves, right? And then smart is the last keyword that I want to talk about. Um, and I'm not talking about like book smart or IQ smart. Uh, I'm talking more about kind of street smart, emotional intelligence, uh, smartness. Uh, we want people that are able to hold conversations, that are self-aware, that can read a room and know when they should shut their mouth or when they should speak up. Uh, they're able to listen and they're able to ask good questions. Uh, and yes, there are such things as not very good questions. Uh, so uh, we're, we're looking for people that uh, know how to uh, know how to act in situations um, and uh, easy to be around and easy to work with. Uh, you got to remember in a typical job, maybe an eight to five job, you're, uh, you work with this person and you go home and you go to your families and your friends and you do your own thing. But in the fire service, we're together for 48 hours straight. Uh, we go on calls, we go train, and then we go back home to the fire station and we hang out with our coworkers, right? So being able to get along with uh, well with others, being personable is, is hugely important. Um, and then lastly, uh, not one of the keywords, but something that we're looking for in everyone that we hire is someone that's physically fit and active. You know, the fire service is a very demanding job. And if you look at all the best uh, firefighters, uh, they tend to be very active in, the, in their outside physical uh, life. So um, if you're not already physically active, get after it, uh, make it something that's part of your life, that it's a lifestyle. Um, and I'm not talking about that you need to be able to deadlift like 350 or something, or you have to be this massive muscular person. Uh, more, I'm just saying that you need to be active, that you need to be fit, have good cardio, uh, general overall fitness. Uh, we have people from all different backgrounds of uh, active lifestyles from hunting, climbing, biking, skiing. Uh, we have some gym owners. Uh, we have some people that play pickleball. Uh, but really, we're looking for people that are healthy, That because uh, being physically fit will also uh, help you have a long, good career and also help you have a, a good mental uh, defense against the job. Um, and so again, going over the, the main areas, we're looking for people that are hungry, humble, and smart, and that are physically active. Um, and then I wanna give a few tips before I pass it on to Lieutenant Hernandez uh, about interviewing. Uh, so don't just say those words that I just said to you in your interview. That's probably not the most emotionally intelligent thing to do. Uh, if you just list out words, uh, they don't sound believable and they don't sound authentic. Uh, so attach experiences, attach stories to these characteristics. I would think uh, about your life and create buckets of these different kinds of characteristics and prepare. Uh, I would say I've, uh, I've seen a lot of interviews and I see generally three types of people that, that come in uh, to the interview room. The first one that is the person that doesn't prepare at all. And they tend to not, I mean, you can obviously tell they can't get a sentence out. They have a lot of ums. 
and it's an obvious fail. And then they have someone that's prepared a little bit. Uh, they sound uh, robotic and uh, almost can, kind of canned. And then if you uh, prepare a lot, you can actually be yourself. You can be authentic. Uh, you can actually remember uh, the things that you want to say uh, because you're going to be nervous. Obviously, it's it's going to be natural to be nervous during your interview process. That's that's totally normal. But uh, you know, in the fire service, how do we combat high stress situations? We do that by training. And so how do you train? You should train for the interview by practicing saying things out loud, saying it to your significant other, saying it to friends, in the shower, on long drives. But saying it out loud really does help a, a lot. So um, yeah, practice, practice, practice. And uh, Lieutenant Hernandez is going to take it on and, and talk more about the interview process. Perfect, thanks. I just want to reiterate that we are really not looking for one type of candidate here in Kirkland. Uh, we're really looking for um, individuals that can bring something unique and add it to the department and make a positive impact. We want you to be successful in this interview process. If we could take all 300 of you to the next round, we would. Um, but like Captain said, uh, people don't prepare and those are the ones that don't make it through. So hopefully um, with this and some tips that I'm gonna give you that uh, it'll aid you in getting through the first step of the interview process. So I have uh, four kind of interview basics. They seem very basic and you probably all know these, but it does trip people up every year. Uh, the first one is be clean shaven, uh, unless your job depends on it. So um, we've seen people come in with beards and they've sat down and told us, I have to have a beard for my job. Um, I'm an undercover police officer. It's a requirement. I, I wasn't able to shave for this. I know that it's important, but I just can't do it for my job. Totally acceptable. Um, but when you come in and you don't give us a reason and you have a three-day-old beard, it just doesn't come off like you really are prepared and that you really want this job. <clears throat> Gentlemen, uh, pants, uh, suits. So if you don't own a suit, uh, I would recommend going to someplace and picking one up like the men's warehouse. Uh, they don't cost a lot, a couple hundred dollars. It's a small investment in your future. And know that you can wear the same suit and tie uh, for every interview. Nobody's going to notice if you're wearing the same blue tie in the first, second, and third rounds. It's not going to matter. So invest in a, in a decent suit for yourself. Uh, ladies, pants suits are preferred. And then when you come into the interview, uh, walk in, shake hands, make good eye contact. Set yourself off with a positive um, outlook towards the panel, and, and that will reflect well back on you. Also, don't rush your answers. So you'll get your questions read to you. It's totally acceptable to pause, collect your thoughts. We know you're nervous. If you need us to repeat the question, we can certainly read it back to you. You're never gonna get docked for that. Uh, we'd love to see you take a few seconds to prepare and come off well, then just start rushing into something that takes you down the wrong pathway. So in Kirkland, we're looking for um, good answers. And what we mean by good answers is that uh, we basically are looking for two parts to every question. And that is the first part would be answering the basic part of the question. And the second part would be giving us a story relating back to that question. Uh, for example, if the question is, uh, give us a strength that you have, we would hope that you would give us two or three traits that really set you apart, but then you'd be able to tell us a story about a time where those traits were put to test. So 
think about answering the question and having a story relating it back to the job. We are not a department that checks boxes uh, for our scores. You'll come across those departments where they're looking for buzzwords. Uh, you score 15 points if you can say 15 different words with why you think you'd be a good firefighter. We don't do that. If you have two or three good things and then a good story relating back, you're gonna get the maximum amount of points. <clears throat> uh, try and tie your current job back to being a firefighter. Even if you have no fire experience, you can do this. I'm guessing that most of you worked in a team environment, uh, wherever you're at, or you've been in part of a team at some point in your life. That is uh, totally relatable to the fire service. A couple of things to avoid. Uh, this is a definite trips people up and that is memorized website answers. So if the question is, why do you wanna work for Kirkland? And then you rattle off 15 things that you memorized on our website by reading our annual report. Um, that's not really gonna score you the most points. We really wanna hear why you would wanna work for us or what sets us apart. And I mean, I, to be honest with you, I'd never been to Kirkland when I got hired, but if you drive around town and spend a few minutes before your interview, you'll see what kind of sets the town apart. It's on a lake, you know, it has a small downtown feel, but it has mid-rise buildings all over and has lots of neighborhoods. Those are reasons why you might wanna work for us versus just rattling off how many calls we ran. Cause we know how many calls we ran. We know who the chief is. We know our statistics. We wanna know more about why you wanna come here. Uh, the other thing is um, telling us Kirkland is the only department I'm applying for. Let's be honest, you took the test, you probably checked a few boxes. We understand that. Uh, we want you to get a job. We'd love for you to work for us. Um, but more importantly, just becoming a firefighter and getting into the career is amazing. So don't tell us um, that this is the only department you applied for. Instead, tell us something unique about Kirkland or us. And maybe your only interaction is this Zoom meeting that you are attending. And you could say something about that. You know, I, I see that Kirkland really values um, putting an effort into finding good quality candidates. That was part of the Zoom process. Uh, no other department does that. That really set you guys apart and made me want to come work for you. That's a, that's a great answer, right? It's a totally relatable. Uh, if you are running out of time or you finish too early, you're going to want to keep an eye on that. Um, it's okay to be a couple minutes early on your time. If you have seven minutes and you're done in five minutes, that's totally okay. If you're done in two minutes and you have seven minutes, you might've forgotten something that you might wanna go back on and touch on. And that's, that's okay too. You can say, I'd like to go back and talk about question number three a little bit more. I forgot something I wanted to add to that. You won't get doc points for that and you can continue to add for that. A uh, couple of things that worked for me when I was going through the process was recording myself with a phone and listening to yourself answer questions. You can write out your questions, you can read them to yourself, um, but when you actually record yourself and listen to yourself talk, you're gonna see or you're gonna hear quirks that you might have that we'll hear. So really practice, get uh, real fluent at doing it. Also, when you leave and you go out to your car, have a piece of paper out there and write down the questions that were asked because you never know if you're gonna see those questions again. So it gives you another chance to prepare because in a week you won't remember what those questions were. You might not even remember, remember the questions by the time you get to the car. But if you can get a little bit of those out, that's a great thing to do. Uh, think about stories that can be used in different situations. Um, you know, if you had 
if you were the first on a car accident that was super stressful, that might be a story that you could talk about for a stressful situation, or it could be the same story that you'd use on why you want to become a firefighter. Maybe that had a lasting impact on you. So really dig deep, spend some time, try and figure out four or five different kind of life-changing stories that you might use that you can plug into our questions. And then finally, uh, have a good closing statement. Almost every fire department interview, no matter where you're at, will finish with, is there anything you want to add? This is a great time to spend 30 seconds and sell yourself on uh, why we should hire you. If you haven't had a question that you felt like you were really prepared for and you really wanted to get out, you could answer, you could give your answer in that time, in that 30 seconds. Um, it's not a great time for you to be asking us questions. We've had panel or uh, interview candidates ask us, well, why do you like to work here? Or how much overtime is available here? And those aren't, aren't really appropriate interview questions to be asking us. Uh, we really want to know more about you. And if you have any doubts, hire an interview coach. They will help you work on your answers and get through it. I'm going to turn it over to Firefighter Patillo. And also, if you guys have questions, go ahead and start typing them into the chat box, and we'll get to those in a couple of minutes. Thanks, Lieutenant. Uh, again, my name is Keelan Patillo. I'm a firefighter here at Kirkland. I'm in my sixth year. Uh, in the last couple of years, I've been part of the speed round of the interview process. Uh, I'll be talking about uh, what to expect after you're hired, what your first year looks like as a probationary firefighter, and how this is relevant for your interview answers. And I'll finish with why Kirkland. Um, so let's play a hypothetical game. You make it through the interview process and you get a phone call um, that states that you are Kirkland wants to offer you a job that's called a conditional job offer. And it's based off of four items. The first one is the background investigation. Second is psychological testing. The third is a medical physical. And the fourth is a physical assessment. So if you pass those four items, then you officially become a Kirkland firefighter on a certain date and enter the fire academy. I quickly want to touch on uh, what the physical assessment is comprised of. And it's a two mile run with a cutoff of 18 minutes, a one minute maximum push up test with a minimum of 25, 90 seconds of sit ups with a minimum of 25, and a pull up test with a minimum of one. I want to stress that these uh, tests are certainly not a baseline physical fitness test of hey you pass this by just meeting those minimums and you're going to make it through the academy uh, because the academy is a whole different beast which i'll get to in just one minute here so once you're hired you enter the fire academy which is 15 weeks and then that's followed up by a five-week emt course and that's followed up by a one to two week period of Kirkland Fire specific onboarding. And then the remainder of that time is of about eight months. And that's your probationary year where you're on the line working uh, as a part of a crew at a station. So a bit about academy life. Some of you may already know this, um, but for those of you who have zero fire uh, background or experience, I think it's helpful. Um, it's an extremely rigorous schedule. 
physically, mentally, academically, uh, it's super challenging. You can expect uh, Monday through Friday, 10 hour days, uh, and then studying when you get home and on the weekends. So if you have kids at home, start talking with uh, friends, family, your spouse, um, about who's gonna, who's gonna help you out during this very intense period of time. The location can vary. It really depends. It can be a totally in-house Kirkland Academy um, that'll be located primarily in Kirkland. Um, but occasionally we do run academies in different regions, um, but typically on the east side of Lake Washington. Um, that's important for those of you who live out of state, for those of you who don't live a couple hours away, um, for you to start turning over in your head that you might need to look to rent a room um, in the area while you're going through the fire academy. Um, we're going to be wearing bunker gear and SCBA, which is about 75 pounds of weight all day, every day for 15 weeks. And I don't care how strong you are, that is going to wear you down. Um, so make sure that you prioritize taking care of yourself. Uh, find a good massage therapist because you'll need it. Um, and the last two things I wanted to touch on of academy life are two traits um, specifically that I think make people successful in the academy. Uh, number one, you have to be adaptable. Uh, and a really important part of adaptability is knowing when to lead and when to follow. Um, we tend to get um, in the fire service a whole lot of type A's who want to just take charge all the time, but it's equally as important um, for you to be able to sit back, take direction, follow instructions, and do your job. Uh, the second trait that is very important as you navigate the academy life is being coachable. So are you able to take criticism, uh, process that, and then change whatever that needs, whatever needs to change. Uh, we don't, we don't expect anybody to be perfect in the academy, and in fact, we don't want anybody to be perfect um, because it should be challenging enough for you to learn something new, uh, and that means making mistakes and being able to to learn from those mistakes and hopefully not make those mistakes twice. Moving on to EMT school, it's a very fast-paced EMT school. It's five weeks. Um, you're given a 600-page EMT book that you're expected to get through. There's quizzes and tests every week with hands-on practicals. And then the last part of EMT school is taking the National Registry EMT test. Uh, and once you pass that, then you're officially a Washington State EMT. Uh, so when you come out onto the line, you're uh, you've got your necessary firefighter qualifications and your EMT, and you're ready to be a good team member. So moving on to your probationary year and talking about what you can expect. Um, so as a probationary firefighter, you are the ultimate team player. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're fixing, you're doing it all, you're training. Um, you're basically just being a sponge. So learn as much as you can and have a good attitude while doing it. You're given a rookie book at the beginning of your probationary year once you hit the line. And it includes hose drills and evolutions, map book drills, area and rig orientation exercises, um, EMS continuing education stuff, 
and then um, other things that's just related to the general city of Kirkland. This rookie book is comprised of everything you need to know by the end of your probationary year. And it's basically a manual of how to be a proficient Kirkland firefighter. And I really want to stress that point. So when you get hired, um, you're going to spend your first couple of years just trying to learn how to be a good firefighter, um, regardless of if you have fire experience or not. Um, so I know I've heard a couple of times in interviews that people start talking about joining the ladder truck or tech rescue team or the water rescue team. They want to join all the teams that we have, which is great because we want people with ambition. Um, but I think more importantly, uh, just having the uh, street smarts or emotional intelligence to realize that we're just hiring you to just be a firefighter right out of the start. So um, if you can kind of digest that and make sure that you hit that home um, in your interviews, uh, that goes a long way. So what other traits make a successful probationary firefighter? Uh, Captain Lim uh, brought up we want people who are humble, but confident. And in the interview process, I think that this can be one of the more challenging things um, to strike a balance. Uh, so we want you to find a way to tell us about how great you are and why we should hire you, but you wanna do it in a way that you don't coming across as arrogant or embellishing a story. We're in these interview panels all day long, eight hour days, we're seeing, especially in the speed round, we're seeing um, hundreds of you. So we really wanna be entertained. If you can tell us some stories, um, it goes a long way. It helps us remember you. And it also more importantly, helps us get to know who you are, which is really what we wanna know. A successful probationary, fire, probationary firefighter is accountable and practices extreme ownership. Uh, you're not blaming your teammates, you're not blaming equipment on any mistakes that are made. Uh, you're kind of owning, owning the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we, a successful probationary firefighter has good interpersonal skills, and this is important for not only being a part of a team, so being part of a crew, but it's also incredibly important for our job as we go out and run calls. So EMS calls and fire calls. We, I like to say, uh, firefighters are glorified customer service reps. Um, the, the taxpayers, the citizens of Kirkland pay us to do our job and to be able to relate to them and do our jobs well and solve the problem at hand. So keep that in mind that customer service uh, is a huge part of our job. I think that's important for you to um, realize as you enter the interview process. Um, the last thing that I'll say is don't, don't be nervous if you don't have any previous fire um, or EMS background. Uh, I did not. Um, and we will teach you all of that in the academy and over your probationary year and moving forward. So uh, don't let that be... Um, a detractor for you, um, because oftentimes uh, that can be a positive for you. So let's move on to why Kirkland. And I'll start with what everybody wants to know, but might be a little too nervous to ask, which is pay and schedule. 
So the entry-level firefighter will come in and make a little over $6,300 per month. The top-step firefighter makes a little over $8,300 a month, plus overtime opportunities. We currently work a 48.96, so we work two days on and have four days off. And then a little bit more about um, some of the different characteristics of why I think Kirkland is such a great place to work. So when I was looking at different departments in the region, um, I knew I wanted to work at a department that wasn't too big and wasn't too small. So right in that Goldilocks zone. And for me, Kirkland is in that. We are at currently, I think a little over hundred firefighters. And with the addition of the 20, we'll be right around 120. Um, if I knew that if I worked at a big department, I was gonna kind of feel like I was just a number where if I was gonna be at too small of a department, uh, I was maybe not gonna find my people or maybe there weren't different uh, career paths for me within that department that interested me. But uh, Kirkland is definitely in that middle ground. You're gonna know everybody by name, um, which is something that really influences our department culture. Um, we're treated as human beings. We're not overly militaristic, which was also um, a plus for me. Uh, we hire quality people, which hopefully this open house is kind of showing you uh, why and how we do that. We truly do want you to be successful in your interview process, because if you can be successful and show us who you are, then that allows us to truly pick the best individuals for the job. Um, lastly, one of the other parts that influenced my decision to uh, sign the dotted line with Kirkland Fire was uh, being in King County and King County EMS is the best EMS system in the world. So we get the best training in the world, which for me was a big plus. Oh, I forgot one last thing is the call volume. So call volume in Kirkland for me, again, was in that Goldilocks zone. I knew that I still wanted to maintain my quality life. So I didn't want to be bored out of my mind at work, working like running only one or two calls a day. And I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be running 20 plus calls in a 24 hour period and then go home and just be a zombie um, for my family. So um, I think we run the perfect amount of calls. Um, and I'm, I think all of us are able to maintain our healthy work-life balance. So that's all I've got for now, and I'll hand it back to Anna. Cool. Thank you, guys. Um, go ahead and, you know, start writing messages or um, questions in the chat, and you can put them in the chat to everybody so everybody can see your question. There's probably going to be somebody who has a similar question. Um, as to something you're thinking as well. So go ahead and start off doing that. Uh, we have a couple to start with. And um, yeah, we'll just, we'll do that. But I wanna see more questions and there's only two. <laughs> so this might go really quick. Uh, the first one, if we have an EMT Washington license and is the five week EMT training required? And if so, do we need to reset for the NREMT? You'll still go to EMT school. Uh, if your license, I I believe I checked in on this. If your license is still active after you would graduate from academy, then I don't think you have to sit for the NREMT unless John or Art or somebody or Keelan, you found something different. Yeah, the 
the NRA EMT, you wouldn't have to retake that test. But the, the reason that we do that is so that you come in as a class, you go to the academy as a class, you do the EMT portion of the as a class, and then you do the additional training as a class before you come on the line. So we try and keep the timeline the same for every class. So rather than having one or two EMTs miss out on a five week, and then that would kind of mess up the whole rotation. So you come in as a group and you'll finish as a group, regardless of what experience you have. Cool, thank you. Uh, this one was a direct one. During the eight month probationary period, are you are we assigned to a single station or do we rotate to different locations? I think that depends on our staffing, but I'll let somebody else answer that for sure. Uh, generally speaking, in the past, we've stuck you with uh, one crew, but it, that could change. We've done both ways. Sometimes we'll we'll split it, um, and with how many you know new people we're taking on, we might have to get creative with how we can have probationary firefighters at different stations. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We do have, yeah, we do have like floating positions for new firefighters and you spend time at a bunch of different stations. Um, but like Captain Lim said, I think it just depends on what's going on in the department at the time. Um, how many calls do you go on a, on a day on average? Do you guys want to speak for your stations? Sure. Uh, so the station that I'm at and uh, the same with Captain Lim, we're at the same one. We run probably five to six calls a day. Uh, it varies. I mean, no day is the same. You might run three calls one day and 10 the next, but I think on average, we run about five to six. Uh, we have a couple of stations that run a little bit less, and we have a couple that run significantly more like the one that uh, Keelan is at. Okay. Will there be time available after the timer runs out to give the mentioned 30 second closing statement, or do we need to account for that? within the 10 minutes that are given? That's within the, the allotted time that you're allowed for the interview. Do the pull-ups have to be strict or can they be butterfly or kipping in the physical? I believe they have to be uh, strict. Let's see. You mentioned the work schedule is currently 4896. Do you foresee that changing in the future? I'll answer that one. Uh, right, right now, we're continuing the 4896. Um, I think in Kirkland and a lot of departments, there's always a look at different schedules. But right now, we have no indication that uh, we're going to be implementing a change. Right. Are Kirkland firefighters expected to pick up their medic? If so, what's the timeline for it? I can take that one too. Kirkland Fire Department itself as, a, uh, as an agency does not have a paramedic program such that we are the employer. However, we are in an east side uh, consortium with the Redmond Fire Department, who is the host agency of that interlocal agreement. And we do have access, or should I say, our firefighters have access into the paramedic program where they can apply when there's paramedic openings. 
and if selected through an additional interview process after being a Kirkland employee, then you might be selected to go to paramedic school. Um, upon successful completion of the paramedic school, you would then in turn become an employee of the City of Redmond Fire Department. And that fire department runs three paramedic units throughout Northeast King County to include uh, Kirkland. Thank you, Chief. Anna mentioned at the beginning of the call that we will get interview questions before the interview. Will that be the day of the interview or a few days before the interview date? Good question. It's going to be when you arrive for the interview and you check in and you come and see me and I write your name down, then you get the questions. So it's not going to be the day before. It's going to be the day of and you'll have like up to 10 minutes for the speed round or 15 minutes for the first panel, like 20 minutes for the questions for the second panel. Um, and I think I forgot to mention earlier, if you arrive late, you forfeit time with the questions. So you want to arrive on time to get the full amount of time you can with the questions before you go in. How many questions, how much time can I expect on an interview? Apologies if this is covered already. Um, the 10 minute, the speed round is three questions. Um, the first panel interview is about like a 20 minute interview and I think it's six to eight questions. And the third panel, the third interview, the second panel interview is I think about 10 questions and it's a 30 to 45 minute, but that'll all be written out in the FAQs so you know exactly the timeframes that you'll have. Is there a timer in the interview or do we need to monitor ourselves? The panel will have timers. All the panels will have timers in front of them. Um, I think, do you guys face them towards the candidate? Okay, so the timer will be faced towards you so you can see how much time you have left and manage your own time that way. Gosh, I'm just burning through these, let me go. Uh, what is the military leave policy for reserve military members in the Kirkland Fire Department? Chief? I gotta say, I, I do not know that specifically. My experience tells me that um, as a government employee, we probably honor that, but I, I cannot put my finger on it. Uh, and I apologize for that, the, the time being in the agency. But like I said, my previous experience in this area and us being the employer that we are, I'm going to imagine that we honor that and then uh, work uh, with the employee on that. There's probably a certain amount of time that's uh, allowed for that leave. Uh, any of the others know firsthand um, from that? Art Keelan or, or Lieutenant Hernandez? Yeah, I, I can't remember how many hours it is, but it is, uh, it's a standard amount of time that you're given for military leave. Uh, and then I think there's a, if you're deployed, then it's a separate bank of hours or it, it works elsewhere. But we do have members that are in the reserves that have been deployed or go do um, active duty weekends. So, yep, it, it, we make it work. And on that, on, on deployments, uh, there are um, laws in place that uh, rightfully so protect um, your job, um, et cetera, upon return. Excellent. This one's fun. Uh, is it true that there's a sauna available for use after fighting fires? I don't think so. I haven't bought a sauna. Does anybody else know of one? <laughs> no? No. I could take that. Uh, so we have asked 
for that. There's been some studies out there that, uh, not large studies, but uh, after fires, you still absorb uh, some of the bad stuff uh, through your uh, hood and it kind of in your groin area. And so uh, that's the reason this person's asking is, is uh, I think it's in Canada where they actually use saunas after uh, fires, structure fires. Uh, but one thing I can say is we at Kirkland do value like uh, getting cleaned up after fires. Uh, and so after every structure fire, we put it in pretty high importance to use baby wipes on the fire scene to like clean up our neck. And then we wear gloves and bag all our gear and go back to the station and clean up before we even get everything set up so that uh, we can be, you know, get clean as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, it'd be sweet. Chief, maybe you can get us some saunas, huh? We'll work that into the next budget. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, what's a contribution KFD has made to the community that the panel is proud of? I mean, I can start. Um, I, I could start off right off the bat with, uh, I mean, our, our COVID response. We're the first major like fire department city to have to deal with COVID in 2020 and not knowing anything or what we were doing or how to do it. Um, we all came together. We we're down at our emergency ops center and for two and a half months straight, just went for it. We partnered with King County and a lot of the things that King County implemented, a lot of the apps and um, symptom trackers that they use were based off of like rudimentary spreadsheets and data point collections that we did um, as the first department. So that's, I mean, something that I'm pretty proud of because I got to be a part of it and it was really cool. So anybody else? Uh, I think our, I mean, we have a, a lot of our members are involved in community projects outside of work through volunteer uh, opportunities. We have, you know, the stair climb team for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Uh, Keelan might talk a little bit about the women in fire that she's involved in. Uh, we have just lots of opportunities and you'll find that most people in Kirkland are involved in something, uh, whether it's outside of work or a side project directly involved with the department. Another program that the uh, the firefighters union has stood up is a uh, firefighter benevolent uh, trust, and that's a program that uh, uh, accepts contributions and then in turn distributes and assists uh, citizens in the community often uh, affected uh, by either incidents or other fire service members somewhere that uh, families might be in need. And so that's something that is run by the union that uh, contributes back to our community. Awesome. Uh, how do transports operate within the city of Kirkland, KFD, private ambulance, et cetera? Does it vary based on BLS versus ALS transports? We're, we're a BL, BLS transport organization, so we transport our own BLS calls, but we do partner or contract with AMR for ALS calls, um, and I'll let some of the firefighters talk more about that. We contract with AMR for BLS calls, but uh, and then Redmond can do our uh, ALS transports. Um, so it just kind of depends on how busy we are, what the call is, how far they want to go. Uh, so it just kind of depends on the call. But primarily, we I would say we uh, transport our BLS patients and 
Uh, one thing that's nice is that we have a hospital right in town in Kirkland, Evergreen, and then we have Over Lake in Bellevue that's not too far away. So our transport turnarounds are, are pretty quick. So that's one advantage of being in Kirkland. Okay. Is the chief interview after the second panel interview? Yes, you have that right. So the second panel interview is technically the third interview. It goes speed round, first panel, second panel. And then at that second panel interview is where you get your score. Um, that's the scored interview. And then you'll get put based on your score, you're put on a list that's um, certified by civil service. And then from there, uh, depending on how many people we need to hire, we'll choose however many off that list for the chief's interviews. Uh, can you explain in a little more detail what to expect during the background investigation and the psychological assessment? We'll let somebody else talk about that. I thought you might talk about that one, but uh, background check is a uh, is a basic uh, driver's license, uh, traffic record. I think it goes back three years, and you can say yay or nay, but I, I think it's something of that nature. And then um, it's not a full extensive uh, fingerprint background check, um, but uh, they do uh, check throughout the state and, and others for. Uh, criminal activity, convictions, um, things of that nature. I don't know how to describe it as far as where it fits in with different levels, um, but it's not like, a, like I said, it's not to the level of fingerprinting um, to that nature. Uh, what was the other one? And the psychological, what they're looking for when they do that, there's a whole series of questions and tests. I, I believe the process is still probably about three to four hours of tests that an individual will take. There's multiple of them. And you'll also interview with a psychologist. And they're trying to see if your responses and how you approach these things, your emotions, your approach, provide a glimpse into how you would handle this line of work, um, where you might be susceptible or overpowering, or where you might be lacking ability to seek um, support. There's all kinds of questions that they can ask, and it's trying to determine a suitability for this line of work. It's not to say you're a good person or a bad person. It's to line up your behavior based on your answers. And these are these are validated through, uh, you know, um, validated uh, psychological exams to see how your behavior lines up in this work, that you aren't a high risk to yourself and you're not a high risk to the organization. Awesome. Thanks for that. That's a lot better answer than I could have given. Um, I can say that for the background check and the psychological, we do, we, we have 30 party vendors for those. So we don't do them in-house. We don't have our investigators do any of this in-house. It's all done by um, other vendors. Uh, you'll go to talk to other people. Alliance 2020 does our background and then a local psychologist does our psychological exam. Um, and the background I think is state 
And so it's not at that federal level that uh, Chief Newbold said was mentioning with fingerprints, but they do driver's license and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so the next question, would it be okay to show up 30 to 45 minutes early to the interview to have more time to prepare with the questions or strict 15, 20 minutes before? You can show up early and if there's uh, like, if there's spots in that closer time slot, you might be able to get in earlier, but you're, I'm not going to have you sit there for 30 to 45 minutes to an hour with the questions before your time arrives. We want you to show up like 15 to 20 minutes before your hour time slot. And then when you sign in, you're going to be seen in the order that you sign in. Um, so you might get a little bit more time that way, but um, no, we don't really, that's kind of an advantage that we don't want we don't be able to take advantage of the process that way. Um, but thank you for asking. That's a good clarifying question. Was Kirkland Fire Department doing to help take care of the mental well-being and health of their firefighters? I'll let you all speak about the peer support program. All right. Uh, yeah, so we are putting a pretty heavy emphasis on mental health. Um, so after any stressful call or any um, major incident, we do have debriefings either at the crew level or at the shift level, depending on how many people were involved. We also have a peer mentor program. It's made up of a couple of people from each shift that you can talk to. If you don't feel comfortable talking to them, there's always the employee assistance program. You can call and talk to somebody anonymously through that. Uh, we are trying to remove the stigma of never talking about how your day went or what you saw on the call because <clears throat> every call affects um, each person differently. Okay. This is the last question on here. Does anybody else have any other questions? Go ahead and type them in real quick. Um, how often are duties slash truck seats rotated or redetermined? I can talk about this. Uh, so here in Kirkland, we have a, a bid system and uh, it's a seniority based bid system. So your probationary year, you won't be able to participate in that process. But uh, after your first year being done, uh, if a, a position opens up, you're able to bid it. And if you're the most senior person that bids it, uh, you get that position. So if you want to get a truck spot, uh, which is pretty competitive to get, but if one opens up and you bid it, um, that's how it works. Uh, we do sometimes have a whole rebid of all the shifts, but that happens every you know handful of years. It doesn't happen super often. So um, it's a really popular, I think, uh, thing within our group and works really well, well really fair, and uh, it, it uh, is well liked by uh, you know the group here in Kirkland. So. Good question. All right, got another one. Does the Kirkland Fire Department have chaplains or counselors on staff that you can meet with after exceptionally stressful calls? Short answer, yes. Long answer from somebody. Yeah, uh, that's correct. Like Anna said, short answer, yes. Uh, we do have chaplain. If uh, he's unavailable to respond, we can access chaplains from our neighboring departments. And we are currently working with uh, a mental health professional to just see the firefighters and to help us with anything that we might need.
Yes, there's a lot of mental mental health um, and well-being support in this department, even for administrative staff as well as line personnel. But it's a a very prominent priority um, as far as health and well-being goes in Kirkland. Uh, another question about the psychological. Does the psychological include a polygraph slash lie detector? I don't know, Chief. Do you know? Because you see the reports. I've not seen an indication of that. All right. It does not. It does not. Okay. Yeah. So usually law enforcement requires that. So all law enforcement positions, but uh, fire does not uh, require that. Cool. All right. Are there any other last minute questions? That was the last one on there. If not, we'll say thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for asking questions. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate your dedication, your patience, um, your effort. We look forward to seeing all of you. And again, feel free to log on Saturday morning if you think of a question later on that you want to ask. Um, or if it's after the fact, you know, you can shoot shoot me an email and we can get that answered for you. So looks like everybody is just saying thank you right now. So cool. Does anybody else have any closing remarks? Wish you all the best of success. Thanks for uh, spending time with us tonight and uh, look forward to seeing you here at Kirkland Fire. Here. All right, everybody have a great night and we'll see you during the process. Go ahead and log off and thanks again.